Welcome to the Motivation Without the Hype podcast with your host, Jez Perez. He's an author, high-performance coach, and motivational speaker. This show brings you inspiring messages and interviews to unleash your greatness in life and in business. So let's get started. Welcome to Motivation Without the Hype podcast show. My name is Jez Press, a former procrastinator into an action taker. We bring you inspirational messages and interviews, including motivational insights, tips, principles, and proven strategies that you can take action on without the hype in unleashing your greatness in life and in business. Now, we appreciate you plugging in and spending time with us. And we have a very special guest. I'm super grateful to have him on our show. Now, his name is Mark, and he's the founder of Forever Projects, a not-for-profit that helps Women break the cycle of poverty and create a self-sustaining future. The Forever Projects community currently raises funds for local teams in Tanzania who empower women in some of the most world's challenging circumstances to live with the dignity and hope. Now, in 2010, Mark and his wife, Anna, moved their four- and one-year-old to Tanzania where they lived on the southern slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro. Until 2013, the couple have a background in education. They both worked at international school. Uh, Mark teaches math and Anna serving as a school counselor and boarding parent. During their years working there, they fostered and eventually adopted three more beautiful children who had no other option for a family of their own. Now, soon after their fostering process began, the organization Mark and Anna adopted through began piloting an innovative 12-month project that would reach women before crisis point helping them break the cycle of poverty to create a self-sustaining future. Now, since moving from uh, moving to Australia in 2013, Mark and Anna founded a not-for-profit, hope I pronounced that right, Forever Projects to raise funds and awareness for this remarkable project as it scales. Now, the community has made this story their own, and the funds raised have helped more than 1,300 women and 1,700 infants across six locations in Tanzania. Mark, it's such an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Thank you so much, mate. Me too. Now, it's always great to have a fellow Aussie. Now, I have a bit of a mixed accent, <laughs> Filipino and Aussie, and sometimes it sounds a bit weird, just meshed up together, but I'm um, really honored to have you. And you know, you've been doing a phenomenal job in what you do. Uh, pl- please tell us who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, mate. So, yeah, Mark, uh, it was lovely just touching base too on our mutual love of Wollongong, which is where I am on the yeah. south coast of New South Wales, just south of Sydney. Yeah, so I'm, as you said, math teacher by trade, but uh, my, my, my role I'm really trying to scale up now is a founder of Forever Projects, so a not-for-profit that helps women break that cycle of poverty and create a self-sustaining future. Now, you have an amazing story. Um, can you just share us how everything started from, from where you were and where you are now? Yeah, so very long story. And that is actually in the uh, final stages of um, publishing a book about our story. Wow, so that's a whole another whole another story. But uh, the long and short of it is, yeah, we, we had a background in education, felt passionate about um, moving overseas and having an adventure. So I moved to the southern slopes of Kilimanjaro with our four and one-year-old. And uh, we'd always felt strongly about opening up our home to kids who didn't have that hope of a family of their own. And so during our years of, years of living and working in Tanzania, we uh, fostered and eventually adopted three more beautiful kids. Shay, Charlie, and Jabari. And so uh, we were uh, not even 30 living in East Africa with a four-year-old and four one-year-olds. It was wow. quite chaotic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was that was kind of the start of our, our um, journey as a, as a bigger family. 
And uh, but during our time there, we um, obviously during the ups and downs of all the adoption process and, and working in teaching, um, we became aware of uh, the kind of systems problems that were leading to families being separated because of poverty. And uh, we're just passionate about continuing to help those local teams uh, catch women in crisis before that really devastating point where women are forced to make a heart-wrenching decision as to do I abandon my child in the hope of a better future for them, yeah. Wow. And I know it's a long process in terms of um, and a story and how it's all bundled together in this today's podcast, but, I mean, what is the mission and vision for mm. Forever Projects? I mean, that's kind of dear to your heart and, again, just rereading and, and actually going through your website as well has been life-changing. You're changing mm. lives, impacting others. Um, what's the heart of it? What's the heartbeat of Forever Projects? Yeah, the heartbeat is helping women break that cycle of poverty to create the self-sustaining future that, that then they can lead their family into an independent, uh, yeah, forever family. Uh, so women that the program, the, the 12-month program that our local partners run, uh, women come to that program either too sick to, to lactate and feed their newborn um, or tragically if a mother's passed away and another caregiver has stepped in like a grandmother or an auntie, they obviously aren't in a position to, to produce breast milk. And so in both cases, alternatives to nutrition are just unaffordable. And so that's the point of crisis where families are potentially separated. So the team, um, you know, in, in roles of women in the program, they join 60 to 70 other women who are in the program at a time. So a cohort of women. Think about a mum's group that we might have in Australia, but in a very different set of circumstances. Uh, and then they provide nutrition for the children, um, group training, and then throughout that 12 months, identify a small business that the woman could set up in her village that intersects with her skills and interests so that after 12 months, the baby's chubby and healthy and she's got a, a business that's thriving and she can provide for their um, her family into the future. So we love saying it's, it's a hand up, not a handout. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, what's the age bracket um, that that the organization, uh, you know, serve and empower? Yeah, so, so obviously the baby's... Um, uh, like they're infants, um, yeah. so newborns, but it can be up to, to children who are six to even 12 months old who uh, haven't grown, they're malnourished because of lack of access to nutrition. So that's the kind of, from, from the infant side, that's the, the typical range. But from a caregiver's perspective, the mothers could be very young, could be late teens, all the way up to grandmothers who have tragically lost their daughter to child you know, dying in childbirth or of some other disease and and the grandmother has stepped in so you see quite a huge range of of ages on the caregiver side yeah yeah and you know through this whole entire um, journey of yours you know you, you face you know certain challenges um, it could be cultural differences it could be you know going into the thick of things but what are the major things that you've overcome during those years setting up you know forever projects um, but all these other elements being in a different country, you know, did you have to plug into a different network? Um, obviously, as, as a teacher, you know, you want to get your, you know, you're finding your feet, but at the same time, you've got that purpose driven to do something about it. How do you overcome these obstacles? Yeah, I think first of all, it's understanding what is this big story that we're stepping into. This is a story that was already happening um, that we joined. And then thinking about what's our place in the story. So, as you know, as a white male from Australia in Tanzania, my place <laughs> certainly isn't delivering in the program, right? Right, um, yeah. But what we – so, we have this saying in Forever Projects, what's in your hands? We believe everyone, whether it's their time, talent or money, can use something as part of this bigger story that we're telling. And so, we identified that what we did have was a personal story that connected our 
friends and family network here in Australia to this mission. Um, and that was quite a unique role that we could play that others couldn't. And so our place in the story was back here in Australia after we'd moved home to, to continue sharing stories of what we'd seen and experienced and the vision of the local team as it scaled up. Um, and so, so I think first of all, yeah, finding out what your place in this story is. And I think for, for anyone, whether it's a business or a not for profit, being very clear on what your unique role and value add is, is super, super important because you go, okay, that's the, the area I'm going to play in. And outside of that, that's not my role. And I'm going to find other people or resources or connections or partnerships that can help. Um, but then I think once that's all established, you know, it, that's all good and well, but then you, you start to ha- have other constraints, right? And thinking I was teaching maths full time until start of 2020 when I thought this is a good time on our growth trajectory to kind of drop to part-time mathematics and, and move into a paid role in front of projects, still six kids to feed. And, uh, and then the pandemic hits a month later. Uh, so that was a really stressful time, uh, to be navigating a small not-for-profit that's still growing, uh, as you're juggling like six kids learning from home, still trying to teach online, all that sort of stuff. And so I think as a leader, that period really, uh, of, of constraints, you know, do we have enough time? Do we have enough energy? Do we have enough? Um, resources do we have enough opportunities we're stuck at home when we're faced with constraints as leaders we're really it's really tempting to i think become a victim to them as opposed to going all right let's just stop and pause and look around and go what are the opportunities here that didn't exist before um and let's focus on those as opposed to what i can't do so i think that mindset which is which is something obviously you're really passionate about in your in your role uh is, is super important and starting from there going okay what can we do um, and there's a couple of examples probably that we can share around around that. So you know, I'm stuck at home for, for months in lockdown, knowing I'm, I'm wanting to start building our network of people that are aligned with our Mission at Forever projects, going to tech startup community. And they had these weekly webinars where it was basically like a you know an education in startups and tech and partnerships and all that sort of stuff. And it was free access, not just to this information, but also the people in the network through just networking one-to-one or one-to-many afterwards. And so... And I was at an event even just last week where I can I can see the fruit of my investment in that thing that I could do stuck at home years ago. Um, the relationships that I built there and, and so on are bearing fruit now. Uh, if I'd stayed in my home in that period and gone, oh, what can I do? I'm stuck in Wollongong. I can't get to <laughs> Sydney. Then I would have missed out on all of that. So I think that's our mindset's really important. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned about partnerships and we'll talk about that uh, a bit shortly, but you know, with everything that's gone around uh, in terms of what's in your pipeline, you know, trying to network, household management, how do you manage your time? And, you know, as leaders as well, um, those who are really passionate about, you know, the vision and, and the goals and life in between, because life happens, how do you manage your time and still carry on your purpose? Because a lot of people, people, whether it's in business or people who are not in business, but those who are in careers or have a family, um, and they're really passionate about being driven by their values, um, but they still find it hard and, and a challenge to really actually manage their time and still pursue what they love. So for you, how do you do it? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still working it out really honestly. <laughs> you know, like you you try and then yeah. you just have, you know, try and really dig into self-awareness and then have great and frank and really important conversations with those closest to you. So my wife, Anna, and our kids and close friends. And for the people who know me as Mark, you know, father, husband, friend, that's that's the most important roles I play in my life. And so um, making sure 
I'm really having honest conversations with those people about how am I going and, and you know, how am I going as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a son. Um, and if the other thing takes away from that, you know, those, those key, you know, that's the most important things that I do in my life, then something's got to change. So I think making sure you're doing that, um, is really important. And then potentially on the back of that, thinking through, and one thing I've found helpful more recently is, is to think about, uh, how do we view success or growth or um all that sort of stuff and and how to and productivity and and a lot of the kind of definitions we have around that sort of stuff or what we think is right is just things that have been inherited culturally because of what media we consume or the people we're around but we have the power to actually through mindset reinvent those and decide well we can decide what success or sustainable growth or um productivity looks like and then and then be quite clear on that and then be accountable to what we've decided those things are, not what someone else imposes on me. Because uh, I look around and, and see people who might say, wow, you could go faster, you could do this, you could do that. And then I look at other areas of life and go, yeah, there's some there's some uh, cost to going that quickly or to being that's, that's sidetracked and, um, yeah. and I don't want to bear that cost. So, so I think that's really important. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that's exactly right. You know, um, you know, putting that preference of, of, of values um, and really having that perspective as well. Um, when you mentioned about partnerships and um, in between that as well, how do you create high-impacting partnerships that's really rooted in empathy, vision, and generosity? Because now that you kind of network um, and now partnering, uh, you know, whether it's internationally or whether locally here in Australia, how do you continue to, you know, connect and network so that people can actually gravitate to that vision of yours as well to say, you know what, I want to partner with that because, um, you know, the outcome and results, and we see that. And, guys, if you haven't seen Forever Projects yet, we've got the links provided in the show notes. You can just check Forever Projects, even in Instagram as well. They're quite active in the social media, but you see those tangible results. So everything that you do with partnership, you know, goes into the right resources. So for yourself, Mark, how do you create those impacting uh, partnerships with those around you yeah i think i think it, it follows on from what we were talking about with the constraints so i think when when we are constrained for time energy money it's tempting to uh, adopt a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset where we go there is enough time there is enough money there is enough connections there are enough people that care about this and and, and maintaining that and i think that's been very important throughout the last couple of years of you know difficulty for all of us to to maintain a positive abundance kind of generous mindset and so i think we and when we look at the women that we serve in tanzania like you know having lived there and gone back multiple times when you go and visit they don't they live in a world of scarcity they don't have enough food they don't have enough money but if you turn up they will give they'll act in abundance they'll put a beautiful spread of food out and they'll invite you in and i'm sure you've experienced this in different parts of the world when you've gone and so i think that's a very inspiring way to show up and that despite living in scarcity showing up with an abundance mindset so we want to kind of bring that to our partnerships in forever projects and so even though we're a charity you know building partnerships with big tech companies like your atlassians and your canvas and these people that have a lot of resources um don't show up with a bucket and say hey can you fill this with money but more go all right let's start with empathy what's it like to be Atlassian. So I'll give, you, I'll give you an example with them. So um, as a as a tech company, what they were wanting to do was give their 
incredibly capable staff, you know, software developers, data scientists, really meaningful projects they could work on in partnership with not-for-profits. Um, but they were finding it hard to find those kinds of projects. You know, there's lots of people saying, hey, come and give us money or come and paint a fence. Yeah, but, that's right. You know, what's something meaningful I could do? So we thought, well, okay, let's start with empathy. Here's what it's like to be Atlassian. So what do we have that we could offer generously to say, hey, come and work with us in this particular way? And so we created a great um, project for um, one of their engineers based in India to work with us on a, a project integrating Trello into our workflows. Uh, and then we thought, well, on top of that, Atlassian is not just trying to give one person that opportunity, but they're trying to um, signal to the company that this is the kind of uh, time we want you to be spending. So we created a really great story to celebrate Centil, who was the volunteer with us, and then they were able to share that with their company. So we showed up and gave them that. Uh, and that that accelerated the partnership because they're like, wow, this charity is not just turning up and saying, give us stuff, but they've anticipated what we need and, and they've delivered on it for free. Um, and that then accelerated the next stage of the partnership with them. Um, so, so I think leading with generosity and empathy with the right partners, you know, there are, there are people in the world we all know who are very transactional and just aren't willing to uh, reciprocate that kind of generosity. And so that's okay. They're, they're not for us, but we'll find partners that are and we'll, we'll do that trust, generous, abundance kind of grounded value partnership and, and trust that the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how it's both um, give and take. It's like, you know, it takes two to tango. So, yeah. like, the perfect example is, like, at Lastlian, you know, obviously we Trello, it impa- you know, imparting and embedding those best practices of workflow to save more time and productivity. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they can, you know, they can give as much money, but in terms of resource and technology to help speed up things that could be a, a blocker uh, in your workflow. And having that as part of a technology, a people process and technology to help you scale up, it's a brilliant idea. And I think partnerships should also think of different means. And I think people tend to think, oh, yeah, it's just it's all about money. But, um, but when you have, you know, resources, but it's for people setting up, you know, to, to participate, you know, contribute in that way, you know, speaks volumes. And I think, you know, putting that perspective of empathy and ensuring, you know, what is the true vision of Forever Projects? And I think as a leader yourself, that is the thing that you bring. You know, you are the heartbeat of Forever Projects, you and your wife and everyone that is involved in this, you know, initiatives. And so, you know, as, as, as yourself being a coach, you know, at Seth Gordon's at the MBA, you know, in terms of the mindset, we talked about the mindset of abundance as well, you know, um, and as a leader, those who actually are leaders in business, and looking uh, for a different outlet, you know, to contribute, whether it's, you know, international or even locally here, um, you know, how, what, what, what would be your insights in terms of how to be open through contribution? So rather than, okay, what's in it for me, but what is it that I can actually give and contribute? You know, what, what, what's your what's your insights on that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it, it, it it's so relevant at the moment as we continue to think about, you know, like, Okay, where are we through COVID? There's, you know, cases kind of picking up again, but despite that, there's, there's other stuff going on, right? There's the interest rates going up, inflation, war in Russia, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there's, there's just floods, awful to see all the stuff happening yesterday in central New South Wales. So there's, there's always some other thing that we can become rightfully anxious about and, and just uncertainty seems like it's just, <laughs> it's just a new normal or maybe it was always the normal and we had this brief period in history where it seemed like it was a bit more clear but i think 
in those times and you asked about how to contribute, I think uh, one of the things I love that Seth Godin says is one of the best antidotes to our anxiety is to make a generous contribution. And he tells this great story about, you know, someone waking up in the US and it's winter and they look out their window and there's snow up to the windows. They can't get out of the house because they've been a, a snowstorm. So they're, you know, anxious, how am I going to get to work? Feeling like a victim, all that sort of stuff. Then they peer across the road and they see an old person in their home also snowed in and maybe they need to go out and get their medication or whatever it might be. They can't get out. And so you find a way to get out of your house, get across the street and snow shovel their, their, their path so they can get out and get to where they need to get to. And in doing that generous act of contribution, number one, you've helped someone. But number two, you're like, actually, I'm well enough to help someone. So things are bad, but I'm, I'm able to shovel snow. I'm able to help someone. And you, and you feel powerful then. And then you go back and do your own. And so I think that's a really great analogy to think about when we are faced with, oh, you know, I'm anxious about X, Y, and Z. Okay, but what power do you still have and how can you still act in that way? And then you might be surprised about the impact that that generous act will have back on your mindset and how you're feeling about what you thought was a huge obstacle maybe shrinks a little. Yeah. Yeah, and that's powerful. Like, um, And I'm just thinking about you mentioned earlier on is, you know, people face different certain challenges and particularly around the world you know, with inflation, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the, the abundance mindset is that, you know, it's always available. And so if we have that, you know, and you contribute, there's so, there's, there's so much fulfillment and meaning when you contribute to a, to a cause that actually is used for that initiative. And it just gives you that impact to, to, that resonates with that vision of yours. I think that's really powerful as well as, as a leader. I think that's the mindset that we should have as, as leaders. Like, yeah, abundance is always there, but to contribute is even more better. Um, and so, and it comes back double fold. Like, and you know, if you talk about the entrepreneurs and leaders and people who actually gravitate to contribution, their life is more fulfilling. And that, that that's that's you can't buy that. And um, I'm 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 all for that as well. So that's amazing. So, uh, Mark, I know I'm going to get you back on again. But uh, you ask this question to every guest that's on the podcast show. What is your meaning of motivation without the hype? And how do you use motivation for your personal success? Yeah, I think I think it really links back to exactly what you just said around contribution, that sometimes, lots of the time, potentially, uh, we don't feel maybe positive about the outlook globally or what's in front of us with our business. It's harder to get customers. People have less money. So... Um, we may f- not feel positive, but it's our role as leaders to act positive. And I don't mean in an authentic way where we, um, you know, we're not being honest with ourselves and those around us about what's going on. But I think, you know, uh, Seth's got another great story where he talks about if you go to the dentist and you're about to, you know, sit under the chair and he's working on your wisdom tooth removal and you say, how's your, how's your morning? The dentist says, yeah, wasn't a great morning. Didn't sleep well. I'm not really feeling up to it, to be honest open up <laughs> you know like i don't i don't care your feeling be a professional and so i think that that um, for me motivation is i've decided to to lead this organization uh, i might not feel positive but i can make a professional decision to act positive um and that consistency about showing up even when it doesn't feel great uh is is key to that long-term um impact that we want to make and if we only show up when we feel like it uh yeah, we're in trouble. So that's and, and and I think not everyone 
necessarily has the capacity or appetite to step into that leadership role because that's what's required. It's consistency in showing up for the people you serve. That's fine. But if you are going to be a leader, be consistent and, and, and act. Yes. Positive and then the motivation will come. Yeah. Yes. Mark, that is awesome. Being consistent, showing up, and be that leader. Love it. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. Thank for, you, mate. This is great. Adding value to our community. And uh, guys, those who are listening, watching to the podcast show, please connect and follow Mark. What he does in the organization is definitely changing and impact people's lives. And Mark, it's such a privilege to have you on. Uh, so do check out the links on the podcast show notes and everything is there. Now, if this episode has been helpful and uplifting, we would love for you to write a review to inspire more listeners to get plugged in. We will continue to provide high value content in each and every episode. If you don't mind sharing this podcast show on social media by inviting others, it will mean the world to me. Every time you tag me or tag us, we will get the opportunity to share those posts and together we can make a difference in the lives of others through inspirational messages and episodes just like this. So there you have it. In closing, continue to unleash your greatness and tell yourself that I can, I will, and I must, and we'll see you on the next episode.